Hello everyone, this is Jacob Hopian, the producer of The Apex. In this episode, Jan and RJ spend some time with a guest that has been riding with us since the beginning, Mike Eversole. Mike offers advice about growing a clothing brand, speaks about overcoming obstacles in business, and we end the show talking about the fight between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Also, Jan opens a Christmas present from yours truly, me, Jacob Hopio. If you want to find out what it is, stay tuned at the end of the show. Check out the new signature collection at Envision Clothing Company at EnvisionClothingCompany.com. If you want to support us, there are three ways to do so. One is to donate to our cause at www.patreon.com backslash the Apex Podcast. Second, visit our merch line that is proudly partnered with Envision Clothing Company at EnvisionClothingCompany.com. The final one is completely free. All we ask is if you learn something from this episode or know someone that needs to hear our message, share it with them. Please subscribe and hope this pushes you toward your apex. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Apex Podcast. <laughs> I am your host. This is where we interview ordinary people accomplishing extraordinary things uh, and try not to see ourselves laughing while we're doing the intro. RJ is in the corner eating um, food covered with everything spice. And when I say everything, I literally mean everything. Um, <laughs> what a visual. And then we are also sitting here with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike Everson from Envision Clothing Company. Hello, Mike. See another day in the life. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I just want to point out right now, um, the first thing I want to say in this absolute privilege to be recording this with Mike up here in the crib at the Abyss Loft in downtown Canton because Mike has been riding with us since this was just an idea and he started as an old college apartment. Um, so he one of my first interviews as my co as co-host? Yeah. I think he was the I was the first. Uh, yeah, yeah. first <laughs> interview. Full circle. Yeah. Um, so the landscape is a little bit but if, if anything, I would say that we're definitely all a lot closer as homies over the Agreed. last couple of years, for sure, of all the stuff that we've been through. And actually, um, one of the first things that we're going to talk about is the fact that Envision just had another launch. Um, and so we're going to kind of talk a little bit about the journey leading up to it uh, and then what it's been like since the launch, which actually launch crashed his website. I, launch or how do you? I don't know. How do you? I, I usually call them a launch, but, oh, I mean, there's other times where you're like, hey, did this come with a new release, or hey, when's the next launch? I don't I'm know. trying to get my wings down. I'm an old man. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I think it's just, I think it's just preference at that point. I use both. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So, we've got a uh, the new launch, release, whatever we want to call it, right? So, why don't you explain a little bit about what this uh, release was, and then we can kind of reverse engineer. Yeah, so our our launch came out uh, on this past Saturday, so that would have been December 5th. That was the signature collection. Um, our whole purpose was we knew we kind of had to expand the launch, like the, the brand and everything it kind of embodied at that time. Knew we wanted to get some new items. Uh, for example, like we've never had a women's legging. That's usually, you know, it's like a specialty type item, you know, like legging, shorts, anything of that nature, joggers. Um, you know, we didn't launch joggers, but you know, we did sample them. I actually have them have them on right now. Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> but we got 
our biggest thing was like we wanted to try to bring something new but also try to stay the same so we you know working with you know richard our designer it was more trying to be a little bit more creative but still try to maintain that same image and um you know we did that by releasing crew necks uh, we released a hoodie like this that i have on right now um you know our signature no pun intended t-shirt has always been like those s17 tees and you know we went with a new color same design so this design right here that i have on it's you know it's like a script you know almost like a signature so i mean it's not to be cliche it's not to be corny it's just like we kind of looked at this as this was going to be the turning point and this was going to be kind of the start of something new having a new specialty item like a legging involved so we kind of just wanted to capitalize on every single avenue possible um just speaking of specialty items yeah Serious inquiry by a big fan. Our jorts in the merch. Mullets are back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say who no. wants to know if you have jorts. My but dad. somebody wants to know if you have jorts. My dad. It might be the guy in the corner. It might be the guy oh, in the corner. Rick, Rick. <laughs> jorts. That would be, that would be hilarious. Jorts. Rock flip-flops. High socks <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> I, will, I will take you up on that. Well, horse <laughs> need to come with grass to this point. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. I want pristine, no pre-wash, no acid wash, just right above the knee jorts. Uh, the frills on the bottom? Clean cut. <laughs> but yeah, so it was, it was really just, we kind of wanted to signify kind of what this turning point was going to look like and kind of like where we hope to take things moving forward. And um, I mean, it's so much more than just clothing, at least in my mind. And, you know, a lot of people who have been supporting ever since I started, they kind of see that long-term vision. So I think that's why we've been able to do the things we've been able to do. So, I mean, leading up to any type of um, release or anytime you release, uh, I mean, I mean, you always have conversations. Anytime you reach a point where, Time for it to never let go, mm-hmm. right? The stress of it. It's the scariest thing. Yeah, it's, it's scary, yeah. Right? Like I know for us personally here at Apex, um, every single time we started clothing and clothing, or every single time we were out, like I was drinking or whatever it was, or shooting or whatever it was, you know, like it's always freezing because as much research as you put in, as much time as you put in, you never actually know if that shit's gonna work until you pull the trigger. Right. Like, and that's that is something that I see that freezes people's gear all the time. It freezes entrepreneurs. It freezes me. Me and Jake literally just had a conversation. Um, actually, I think it was in our team meeting the other day where we were like, "Yo, we need mm-hmm. to stop thinking so much and start executing." Yep. You know, so um, as you were building up to the launch and stuff like that, for people that are out there that might be thinking that, that "Oh, I want to start a dropshipping store. I need to start my own brand. I need to do something different." What are some things that you encountered along? launch that like i don't want to say caused you stress but are things that you needed to address and figure out um that inevitably ended up leading to a phenomenal launch which we'll talk about yeah. in a little bit so i think i think the biggest thing like for people who know me who may listen to this or people who don't know me quite yet um when i first started the, the brand i was i was still uh in my undergrad at Hiram college and 
whenever I first started that, I mean, after I paid for the business licensing and the vendors and the store and I mean, literally everything you can think of, I realized that I didn't have any money left. I didn't want to ask my designer who was, I mean, he's to this day, he's been my only designer. He'll always be my only designer. You know, I, I didn't want to ask him to throw money in the pot to do that because I knew long term, like I kind of wanted to ride off with this and be loyal to him and, you know, have him do every single design, whether it's, you know, five years from now or 55 years from now, you know. You're just going to be unfortunate. You're going to get my number from me. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, um, you know, so I I looked at that while I was still in college and I was like, I need to do something that isn't going to require me to throw more and more money in the pot where I didn't know if this was going to work. I didn't know if this was something that was going to be long-term. I was more, I wanted to do something that was going to protect me and I thought I had a cool idea and I let it ride. So that's why, like when I first started, it was a drop shipping store. And, you know, I think drop shipping is a good model for people who have a lot of other things to worry about. So at that given time, I had to worry about money. I had to worry about, uh, you know, my schoolwork. I had to worry about my baseball career at that time. And now that's kind of shifted more into, we got to a point where it was time to, start investing that legitimate stock and you know some people call it you know a good, good idea other people kind of bash you for it but for me it was more once I got out of school you know we had already had stock related items I had you know a shelf in my dorm room my last year in, in college well year and a half because of the coronavirus but you know I had well I ha like I had that shelf in my room I had like when we had people over people want to gear when I came home for holidays, I'd bring it home with me. I mean, it was always stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. I, there I was... remember you rolling up. And, uh, it, it, me and Mike actually realized, and I think this might have come from some of our customers, that um, we can't afford to bring Mike um, to, back to the lot to the table to do designs. We need to get this guy in here. So if you go back and listen to that, me and Mike actually realized we were losers back then uh, doing this machine. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I, I vividly remember <clears throat> him like pulling back in and, backseat was filled with those designs yeah like like when you're saying that it literally went everywhere with you i mean i think me and mike were just like yeah well yeah so it, when i got when like i came home for good because of the coronavirus i graduated i had all this stock with me it was really tough when COVID first hit because manufacturing was delaying things people were kind of protective because they didn't know if they were going to have their supplier you know be able to still supply them that type of stuff um so our intended spring release that didn't happen at all and our intended spring release had to be kind of delayed into the summer so when we started doing that in the summer like our it was our vital collection we did back in the summer that was kind of when people started seeing things for the better a little bit with covid like things started to open up a little bit more um i mean i i went to myrtle beach like a week before the vital collection release, I went to Myrtle beach to kind of decompress and like get away from it, believe it or not. So we had the vital collection launch that thing. I mean, that was a really good release. A lot of stuff. I mean, sold in that first opening weekend. Um, I mean, we almost sold out and one of the items like in the first like 15 hours, but a lot of the other items, yeah, they still sold and they still did really well. Um, you know, I just knew, okay, our next release, we have to bring something new. We have to do something different, but still, uh, I mean, use the same identity that we've been using. So we got to that point where I, I was freaking out because 
uh, for people listening to this, like I, my the my favorite question in the world to get asked is, "How much do you make off this, bro?" And I'm like, "Nothing." And they're like, "Well, that sucks. Why you do it?" And you're like, "Because it's just not at that point yet. That doesn't mean you throw all the cards in the, in on the table and you just kind of quit. And you know, it's more you get to that point where you're starting to see growth, and maybe the company can start to pay for its own taxes. Maybe the company can sustain enough money to, you know, pay for the own website. This is no longer coming out of my pocket. Now this is more, it's continuing to scale at the rate that it's continuing to scale at. If I wanted to be an irresponsible entrepreneur, I, I mean, it'd be easy for me to pull two grand out of the pocket, go waste it on the bar like half the people in my hometown do, and then not have anything anymore to sustain or watch grow anymore. Right. You know, a lot of people don't have that form of discipline so this release, it was so stressful the way it was. One, because COVID has gotten worse again. So I was fearful of what was manufacturing going to be like? Was it going to be like it was back in March and April? Was it going to be worse? Right. I, you know, and I looked at it. Was it going to delay us? Was this going to, I mean, I was so concerned about things that I couldn't necessarily control. And because I'm so transparent with my audience and the people that support me, whether I know them personally or don't like, I didn't want to let anybody down. So I knew I had to kind of shift gears. Richard, my designer knew we had to shift gears and that's why we, I mean, we released an item that we always have just a different color. We brought kind of a new face, like the crew neck Jan has, like, this is really one of the first items with our new modernized logo that we switched up last fall over a year ago, like where we put that on the back with a new design, some simplistic designs on the front, first specialty related item, like a legging jogger or short, you know, we went the leggings first. And that's why it was so stressful because you're trying to perfect something that could make or break how you kick off the start of the new year. COVID virus or no coronavirus, like there's there's not really an excuse for that. And that's something a lot of people have used as a crutch this year, where I saw it more as an opportunity to how can I run the score up more? How can I learn a little bit more? How can I fail more and still find a way to kind of overcome that and, you know, manifest these failures into more growth long term? And that's why this release was so successful. Yeah. One thing I want to I want to say differently here is I feel like um, a lot of this release kind of vetted out and formed um, in a time period where we had absolutely no idea what the fuck was going to affect the industry ever again. Yep. Like, I mean, we were just scrapping. <laughs> and Walter Partners, thank you. Shout out to Walter and Jason and thank you guys for, you know, allowing us, allowing me to move my podcast studio um, into an apartment on campus um, because I needed to self-quarantine away from my family here in Indian, you know, and um, Mike, um, despite the risks of his own health, um, basically volunteered to, to help blog the entire experience yep. you know, and, and really try to capture that because it was really important to me. I wanted to, I knew that it was something that we needed to try to cover, but inevitably what ended up happening is we took three different trips, no, three, we took three different trips out to BSE to pick up the whiteboard and we filled out 24 feet of whiteboard yep. on a pretty much nightly basis yep. for weeks at a time. So like from the beginning of that quarantine, was it six weeks? Yep. Okay, six weeks later. What do you think happened in that six weeks that I noticed like a, a complete reposition after that six weeks was over? So why don't we talk about like how that six weeks of uncertainty really kind of formed 
So I think, and this was one thing that, you know, I, I've, I've definitely learned um, literally when I went to New Mexico a couple months ago. I didn't realize it, you know, then, but I realize it now. I think we just didn't know how to live in the moment for once. And, like, our conversations talked about what eight months later was going to be like, what it, five years down the road was going to be like, what 25 years was going to be was going to be like like when you're old and your time is almost up like what it was going to be like for your kids or grandkids based on everything that you've spent your whole life growing you know what what it was going to be like for them and the second that we just start focusing on like what was happening at that very day that very hour that very minute I mean I think a lot of the times when we got stuff done is when there was no music phones were like at least silenced if not dead and we're scrambling wondering who's got the charger, you know, cause my charger broke one of the nights. <laughs> it's like the 12th time that's happened this year, but it was just more, we didn't have to really talk about anything. We just kind of wrote down what came to mind. And then it was like, from there, it was like playing connect the dots. And I know it's, it, it doesn't sound as easy, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds, but like, I guess when you kind of get on the same level with the person that you're with a little bit, you start to realize that there's actually a lot more creativity in the tank. And I think that, I think that really is just kind of what happened with us because it was more, Hey, like one thing could go wrong because of COVID your company could shut down tomorrow. Hey, your company could fail by next week. And it was more like, Oh, cool. Like a legitimate challenge, not saying that business is not challenging, but this was like, this was like fight or flight, man. And, and people were still stuck in there. Right. So everybody was, That feeling of not being seen for the next 24 hours to a day, um, you know, for us was a benefit in that whole period of time there, that six weeks, because like Mike said, it forced us to take a step back and, and really stop focusing on what was going to be up in five years from now and start focusing on like, holy crap, this is an amazing thing that's really in our head. Yep. And then kind of pivot, um, which everybody was like six, like Corona at this point. Yep. You know, so like pivot was like right um but you inevitably it is a mindset shift like you have to start thinking more tactically and execute in those types of areas um and then as soon as you get a couple of steps back which i think we actually got two or three days under we got a chance to take a step back and really get ourselves reevaluate um and yeah got a lot more when time. yeah when, when that ended you know i'll be the first one to tell you like i knew what our launch was going to be i sp- i mean we stayed up late many 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 nights the average time we were going to bed was probably like four or five a.m on uh, on a good night i guess yeah you know I'll i'd get back from working pt to ca at the hospital it was four o'clock in the morning so yeah <laughs> well it's like when i once i had that launch that we did back in june concluded like i knew we had everything figured out like this is how it was going to go like i started to really just kind of I don't know. It made me feel a little bit more at ease knowing that that work was done. But instead of like pressuring myself two weeks before that launch, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm second guessing everything. Oh, hell man. Like I went coach baseball a little bit before, you know, when that first got welcome back, went coach baseball, drove to Myrtle Beach 10 hours, drove the whole entire way while my girlfriend and my other friend, they slept in the car and the whole ride, it was just peace and quiet. You know, no, no disrespect to them, but it was just like, 
wow, like I'm doing something for me and not what I think other people should want me to do. And that's why I put such a big focus on like not looking for the acceptance of other people. And when I came home and it was time for the launch, it, it was probably like the most at ease that I've ever been in a long time during probably some of the toughest times in our lives as, I mean, as a country, as, you know, as the world, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty easy shift for me. Got to roll with the punches sometimes. If we've learned anything from this year, Kanye West is there's no point in sweating what you can't control. Take it on the chin. Yeah. Keep moving. I mean, yeah. There's no. We, we could have, I mean, we've been blessed in the fact that when all this started, we were like, shit. <laughs> we're like, we're, we've been in meetings and going to see people and, you know, this and that. And we're like, we're not allowed to get into contact with people and sit there and brainstorm. How you going to do your job? Picture. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are we going to do? And then all of a sudden it was just like, whoa, everybody and their mother has an interest in live streaming and remote, remote stuff. And shit we can do that too we can actually do that better than than what we had even thought we didn't even think that was a market and now that's what spurred us into everything that we're doing now so and i think that would have been a lost opportunity had we sat there and been stuck on the fact of what we were doing before and that being ruined and not being open to the fact that that was literally dropped in our lap mm-hmm. you know that's what i feel like there's there's a Talked to a couple of different business owners today, and and um, they, they said things like this: opportunity strikes like, at the most inopportune time. Yeah, and well, the reason why is because somebody else usually isn't willing; they're too scared to go take it for themselves. Yeah, right. So, so I'm gonna like I'm curious because I remember saying this like on a on a phone call meeting um, when I was on quarantine, and I basically was like, "Okay, it's gonna be nothing like it's gonna be in March," because at that time I was still working at the Rock Center. Yeah. Especially in business world. One group of people are going to tap their phones, get in the phone conversation, and cry because they're not going to know what happens. Mm-hmm. They're either not going to know where to see the opportunity or they're not going to, like, something's going to happen and they're going to get nothing. Yeah. Right? And so we have a two prong approach, right? Is one, take every opportunity to try to help your people. I mean, we gave away so much free information. Oof. Just March hours of consultation work that yeah. could have been charged, but. Was better off just spreading the information to try to help. Yeah, and trying to save businesses. And then, like, on our end, just in a competitive world and a, and a marketing world, like, we need to make sure that we're the most salient piece of any of these ingredients. Like, we're worn them out. And, and not and being willing and open to argue with them. You know, that our model up until that point with podcasting, we had, I mean, we had started that was actually something that we had explicitly told each other that we did not want to do. Mm-hmm. Like me running Facebook ads right now, when we first started the podcasting stuff, is something that like all three of us, me, RJ, and Jake, were like, "Yeah, we're never doing that." And that was based off of one, one interaction with one customer that we didn't really have heads or tails of what protocols to do for that. Yeah. But then having to revisit that in the more digital sense of everything being remote, people wanting that intimacy and, you know, transparency with the companies and brands and individuals that they follow, it was way easier to kind of look back at that and be like, we 
went around. We went about this so wrong the last time. Yeah. And now we've been able – what the hell is he doing over there? <laughs> you just got to be – you were like – He's got Theodore. <laughs> <laughs> he just came and plopped – Yeah, get a picture of that. He just came over and plopped right down there and said, you're going to rub me and you're going to like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's smiling. I know. He's, he's a good boy. He's just looking, he's yeah. just looking up like – Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know you're enjoying. I saw, well, you know you're enjoying this. He was he was lingering around over there and then for a second he was like sitting at the table like, "Where's my mic?" <laughs> and then he just we I saw him dip under the coffee table and poke his head up right between your legs. Oh, he just loves being loved on. Sorry, I got off track. <laughs> My dog is just as good as getting us off track as I I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, you trained him well. <laughs> like father, now like I've got, son. Now I've got two that I'm going to have to watch out for. Look at him. He's a big glutton for love. Oh, um, oh you talked about uh, the internet part. Right? Oh, people want the transparency with their companies now because they, they want to know that the money and support and followership is justified for a company that is also so I have a question for Mike, and I like asking him these questions every single time I have him on the podcast. Yeah. He's zealous as shit of his community because he has a good, a good amount. I've been trying to build one of my companies, and it's never seemed to to get to the point where I have a, a memorial of a fan base, I guess. You know, and it's just kind of like sitting here. But we, uh, so you have this ambassador program, right? Yes. When COVID hit, and I'm I'm genuinely curious because I don't actually think that. What did your ambassadors do? Um, I mean, truthfully, the, I think the mindset really shifted with them, you know? Like, I mean, everybody everybody's doing their own thing. And, you know, like I, like I always say to most of them, hey, like, you know, you guys aren't getting paid, like, a sponsorship or 50K a year. That, like, it's not like you could leave your job and do this for a living, you know? It's just kind of like, hey, like, help me help you and – there, there's mutual benefit on both ends that seem feasible for, you know, the current times that we're in. And I think that's why it's easy for people to interact with me because I'm a pretty outgoing guy. But when people were, yeah, me, <laughs> when people were like going from, you know, driving to work every day to working from home every day, when people went from working out every day to, deciding if their treadmill was even going to work in their living room. Like, everybody's lives changed, which means a lot of people's mindsets changed. And, I mean, yeah, it was more, hey, man, like, I got your back. I still want to, like, I still want to support you, and I want to share everything that I possibly can. But it was just more, at this time, I don't know how to. I don't have the same motivation. I don't have, like, I don't have the same schedule i don't have that same routine like everybody was just kind of in their own funk and we had to all just kind of respect one another and maybe what we were kind of going through at that time because i mean everybody handles things differently and everybody was kind of in a different situation some people got to stay at work other people you know didn't have work and i mean i really think it just kind of shifted with everybody and i think the simplicity of it just it mattered the most and you know, it was just like trying to reach out to different people and just asking how their day was and if you could offer a helping hand. And, you know, it's not so much that I expect people, 
like I expect any of them to do things for me, but I just think because we connected on a really personal level right from the get-go, it's easy to trust and understand me, you know? And like, yeah, I have this group chat with all of them, but you get maybe two or three of them who respond and then three or four others who like message you on Snapchat separately. And then you have people who just kind of like they read it. And, I don't care if it was my friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they, you know, they just kind of like send you a message on Instagram a couple of days later. Hey, like saw your message, like, you know, hope you're doing well. And it's, it's not this ongoing. Let me talk to each person for two, three hours a day, every single day. It's just more, you kind of reach out when you can. And when it's, you know, I, I guess the best opportunity to do so, but you know, when things get tough or when things matter most, like, you know, it's, uh, let's just put it this way in, in regards to baseball. Like I got a lot of pinch hitters that I can, you know, I could put in the game if needed. And I saw that transition a lot when I took this job at Eastern New Mexico was, you know, when I was down there, I didn't have time for content. I didn't have time for pictures. I had, I didn't even have all my gear. I, it was just, it was a whole new world for me, but I was still able to maintain a lot of content and, you know, was able to stay active because people were willing to step up when I couldn't be there. And I think that was just, I think that's just the difference. People are willing, they're ready to step up in the biggest of moments. And, um, you know, it's just kind of just how you approach it, I think. Like me, I mean, when shit hits the fan, you just reach out to the people that you, you know that you can think of, you know. You do. There's, there's a lot of times I think, like, you know, we're, we're ambassadors for a specific team. Like, we talked about it earlier. Like, you know, I think you guys are really invaluable. Yeah. Um, whether it be a chick, you know. Yep. The, the, yeah, there's, there's names a, that I see consistently pop up on social, and I and like obviously Mike is going to be able to regurgitate that entire list. I am not going to be able to regurgitate that entire list. Yeah, but like <laughs> there's there's those those crew of probably like fifteen to twenty yeah. that I like are like the ride or die. Yeah, you know? and um, and I haven't ever. There's, I mean, the majority of them, ninety five percent of them, they've never seen my face in real life, in person. They only know me from what a phone call, a FaceTime, and a tweet and Instagram post can show you. So if that doesn't, you know, and I hate talking about me, man. I hate it. It's the worst thing in the world. But if that doesn't really reflect my transparency and honesty and just my, I mean, friendly personality for the most part until you turn it into something else, I mean, then I don't know what will. Um, dude, so I've been thinking about this for a little while now, and I'm actually kind of curious about what you guys are thinking on this front, because just kind of, you know, hearing it from, um, as a team, you know, we've kind of gone, this is what we do, this is what we do. Um, but when it comes to the way that you approach, like, your, the written word, right, we were talking about, like, <laughs> no, I. It, it's one of the, we live in a world where there, it's very rare where things, not a lot of things, haven't been said or haven't been done. But I guess it's just like the overall objective that you're trying to do with words or actions. Well, I guess yeah. let, let me let me finish. Let me, 
really add on this like last little qualifier thing. Yeah. And this is this is what I'm curious about with you too. Like, this is just getting general advice from like a business standpoint. Um, how do you convey that transparency to the event? You know, or when you're putting out con- let's let's just open it up, not just writing. Like when yeah. you're putting out that content, people are like some some people are scared absolutely senseless to be transparent with their audience about failures, about wins, about losses. You know, there's some there's some businesses that I've talked to that just think that you know if they admit fault, it's mm-hmm. the end of the world, right? Yeah. You know, when it comes to transparency with your crew or with you know your uh, your clients, I know you don't really have clients, but like the people that purchase your clothing. Yeah. How do you you know be transparent and empathetic when you're putting these out? Oh, it's. For me, it's the easiest thing in the world because you don't have to backtrack on what you said or what you went through mm. or what you thought. A lot of times, like, I'll be halfway through a workout and I'm just, like, thinking about stuff, whether it's, like, the music that I'm listening to or, you know, if it kind of takes me back to some form of nostalgia, some things that I've went through in my life or, you know, if I get a text from somebody I haven't heard from in a while or, uh, I've, I mean, it's literally just wherever I'm at, if I'm thinking about something, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, it's for me, it's easy to write out captions or, you know, to film vlogs because it's my story. It's my life. It's what I'm thinking. It's maybe how I've learned to apply that or maybe how I didn't, you know, and at the end of the day, like if you're just being yourself, you shouldn't you don't have to worry about anything. And this takes me back to my favorite point is like, don't look for the acceptance of other people, other people or so toxic in regards to if you try to always make other people happy in what you do you will never ever ever be happy because it will never ever ever be good enough in their eyes you know and i mean i get i get a lot of shit from people who you know i grow up with i well yeah i grow up with who i grew up with and yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) It, it was more I can't tell you how many times people have accidentally sent me things or I was with people who they want to try to take a jab at you and see if they can really get you going. And you just you learn to laugh with them. And, you know, and now they feel so awkward and they feel so weird. And now, like, they kind of just casually walk away or just quit responding to you. I mean, like you kind of just have to take kill with kindness to a whole different level, because here's the thing. I really don't care, because if you put all your time, effort, and energy into people who do care. You know, it's the same thing. Like when you guys were growing up, how many times did your parents say, oh, hey, like this ain't going to matter when you leave high school or college or whatever it is. Like how many times did you hear that? Or, hey, like as you get older, you probably won't be talking to, you know, little Tommy down the road. You know, how many times did you hear that? You hear a lot of times, right? You, you have to focus on what you have right now and who you have right now. And if I'm going to be so hell bent on people who was in my life when I was eight years old to 18 years old, I wouldn't be where I'm at today because I wouldn't have learned how to grow and how to kind of like manage in tough situations or to how to deal with competition or to, you know, be outside of my comfort zone. And that's why I get to do what I do right now, you know, is because I, it's allowed me to be transparent because once you start focusing on yourself and being selfish for the right reasons, you're going to learn just to be, I mean, much more happier than the people around you. Mm -hmm. And they're going to feed off that energy. 
I just got out of fucking Texas for a day ago, so I, I was actually on my way to Atlanta last night. Yeah. Which I was just really stoked, and I was really relieved, and that was something that I struggled with since the beginning of COVID, really, because, I don't know. Yo, we have a, we have a really strong mission statement around here. I mean, me, Jake, and Brandon, we all constantly agree um, that, you know, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, the end goal is to help people. Yeah. That's the end goal. And when you are put in a situation where, like, almost like fight or flight yep. is, is, is turned on, um, I don't know if this is what it was like for you when you were in Atlanta for a day there, but, you know, when, when March hit, I was like, we're either going to die and this entire thing is cool mm-hmm. or we're going to learn a massive shit ton. Yep. <laughs> and and um, what ended up happening is, I mean, we learned a lot, you know, but we, we gave away a lot of energy. Constantly, because um, everybody, you know, you're when when you're in a position where people start to look up to you, and like my little brother's starting to go through some of that stuff right now, right? Like, like his friends are starting to look up to him because he's a little bit different than the average 18 year old, right? When you get to this place where people are looking up to you, they're asking you advice, um, they're trying to figure out like, hey, what can you do for me? And then yep. if your mission statement is help people, you're gonna constantly. You don't take the time, like you said, to yeah. purposely selfish, right? To to refill that tank, to figure out, okay, what do I need to focus on for me mm-hmm. in order to continue being able to give back to these people? Then you're just going to end up like I think the way that I phrase it is like you're going to be able to see positive impact that you're having in the world yeah. and have no idea how to deal with it because inside you're completely empty because mm-hmm. you've just given away all of your energy. Well, and I think. I think the biggest thing is it's not so much that I look for the advice of other people. It's just more I'm willing to die for the things that I do and am most passionate about, and a lot of other people aren't, and that's where the separation is. When you ask me my idea of transparency, I think there's varying levels to it. So if I'm speaking to somebody who, especially with small, medium-sized businesses and stuff like that. If I'm going to a client and I'm talking to them, the first thing that you you need to ask them or have them understand is they have to be very transparent with themselves. It's never going to work. It's going to come off false if they're not transparent with themselves and the people that are closest to them. I am, and anybody who, who talks to me or anybody that knows me knows that I am very shameless about being who you are, liking the thing like because you like it, not because it's popular, not because of what people think about you or what that thing is. And um, me and my buddy Brock, just there was somebody in the gym I hadn't seen in like eight months. Came in, started talking to me. Hey, how you been? Blah, 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 whatever. 20 minutes later, I knew everything in the last eight months that they had been up to. Divorce, moving in and out, why it happened weird sexual stuff that their husband's into that I Jesus I never Christ. wanted to know. <laughs> and it, after we're done, Brock looks at me and goes, how, how do you do that? Right. And I'm like, because I am not afraid to tell them the same stuff. Right. If you exactly. sit there and you open yourself up to them, people will open up to you. You have to. You can, it's not so much saying the right things. It's saying equal things. It's that 50-50 and that's the prophecy. 
you you want that equality, but only only certain people deserve that from you, though. But I, and I, but I don't believe that. I'm an really? open book. I will go talk to anybody yeah. about anything, and that's okay. why I know. <laughs> I know so much about so <laughs> many so many people everywhere that it's like it's like well, why don't ever anybody ever give you a hard time? Because they know what I know. Right. Because they told me. <laughs> I think honestly, what it what it comes down to is like because if you were to ask Jake that question, he'd be the polar opposite. <laughs> but, but he's but over there nodding. It his comes head. down he's like, to nah, fam. it comes nah. down to I don't I don't care. Right. I go yeah. anybody does any minimal amount of research, they're gonna find out what they want to know. So oh, why am I just yeah. why am I just not honest about it? So I'm honest, yep. and I think that translates to business. But there's different types of transparency. Sure, if you're looking for to build a good business, you want that corporate yep. transparency where people know what's going on with your company and why it's going on. Yep. An offshoot of that is emergency transparency, which is the number one thing that they taught me in sport management. Get out ahead of it before anybody else has a chance yep. to, for, to, to say it before you. So if you're in emergency transparency, you get it out there, you apologize, you state your case, you tell everybody what happened, and you nip it in the butt there. As soon as someone else leaks that information to you out to the public before you yourself do, it is then a game of catch-up. Yep. There yeah. is no getting out ahead of it so people can forgive you. It's automatically becomes backtracking. Oh, I should have. Oh, no, that's not exactly. And then it it's out of your hands at that point. Yep. People have already made their base assumptions. Stuff like that. Twitter trolls get a hold of it. And yeah, and then, <laughs> then, over. Yeah. then everything ends up getting twisted. So you need to have good, emer- fingers crossed that you never run into that, but emergency transparency is basically throwing all your chips in the air and hoping that they land back in your hands. Yeah, well, Be- yeah. And <laughs> um, then the base form of that is just regular corporate transparency. People want to know what's going on. They don't want you hide for six months and show back up and be like, hey, we're doing this now, blah, 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 right, blah. Yeah. They're like, that doesn't even seem like the same company that I like six months ago. They're going to be like, who's this guy? Exactly. <laughs> and then I think the most important thing, especially with small and medium-sized businesses, is that alongside that corporate transparency, you need to have a sense of personal transparency. Yep. People nowadays want to know what it's like for the people that work within the company that they support. They want to feel as if Joe Schmo walked off the street in the evening and the shirts and clothing and the boots and the hats came. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink and drive. (laughs) All that. I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) All all that stuff themselves. It it, it is a relatability issue. Granted, when you grow to a certain extent, that is impossible. It is impossible to translate that type of intimacy with your consumer base. Oh, yeah. And there's ways around that. There's community things that you can do and yeah, and, and stuff like that. But if you are a small or medium-sized business, let them let the people know yeah. <laughs> well, what is and, going on. Well, that's why people, when they order from me, like out of the stock items that I have, it, you know, like I always write something out to them. I mean, that turns, like for example, so far in just the first couple of days of this launch, there's been 52 orders total. Mm-hmm. 40 of those came in the first like 
12 hours. Yeah. And then in the first day, it got up to, it was like 47, 48. Now we're like 51, 52. But what, I mean, packaging 50 orders, that takes maybe 25, 30 minutes. But because it took two two hours, it's because every single person got a letter written to them expressing, you know, me saying thank you. And whether I know them or not, I mean, yes, they get the text and or call from me, but they also get the letter too. And, um, you know, you have like the next day, I mean, granted, these are automated, but, you know, like I make sure that my automated emails to go out to each person also goes out thanking them. So, I mean, it's, if anything, people are getting two, three, four, five different pieces of thanks between Instagram and Twitter content, like any form of social content saying thank you, the emails, the letters. And then if I know you personally, you're getting the text and or phone call or FaceTime or whatever. So, but I, you know, I had this conversation literally with my best friend, Austin, who just got home from the Marine Corps tonight. He was, he was actually supposed to come here. Um, but you know, he drove 10 hours. So he's like tired. Yeah. But, you know, like, this is literally one thing that we talked about. And he was just like, dude, like, I love that you're, like, for the people. You know, you go out of your way to, you know, like, you stress yourself out trying to make sure that the people who do support you are taken care of in some way, shape, or form. Or, like, they understand that you have their back. And he just said, what are you going to do someday when there's thousands of orders in the first 12 hours? Or, you know, or 100,000 orders and you know, the first week, right? Like, how are you going to navigate that? And it's just, I mean, at that point, it kind of, it gets really, really, really hard. And, but because of what you did, people always remember where you started, regardless, good or bad, because you kind of established those relationships early, mm-hmm. people will remember them later. Yeah. And it's almost like, hey, I knew him when he first started. You didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, exactly. There's, there's that sense of first in, last out. Yeah, and well, and if anything, it's a sense of man, like I've never met him, but I know him, yeah. type thing, and like people envy that. I I've told you know, buddy of mine is another friend of mine. Like you could have the greatest thing in the world from a product or service standpoint. Like if you yourself, like if you're a piece of shit, people don't want it. Yeah, right. You know, it, we've I think people's minds have shifted in regard to business used to be a thing that solves a problem. Now it's a thing where business not only solves a problem but they want to be able to solve that problem with people who care to help like get to the solution. Yeah. I was trying to think of something to say that entire time. I just kept staring at James petting his hand. Oh, he's, he is loving all of this right now. He won't even come over to you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I been, saw you trying to call him going over. He's around to like, everybody else nah. around the table, and he's just like, no. He's like, no. Everybody I, else is loving it on me. Like, I always get your pets at home. It's like, I don't always get But I think, I think going back to the whole, you know, the, like the whole signature collection stuff, I think the biggest thing, my favorite thing is I wanted to always do some form of like a gym or an athletic facility through this brand. So it is not just a product and, you know, you hope it scales. It's like there's such a long-term plan into it. I've mentioned this on my YouTube channel. I've mentioned this in, you know, pieces of content. Like the end goal, and this is kind of where it signifies because when I hit like kind of peak COVID in the middle of the summer, you know, I was coaching, 
and it was tough to always go to the gym. And then when you went to the gym, you're worried about like tons of people there waiting for machines and equipment. I, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, this is going to be a whole journey in itself. I'm going to create a, a gym that old school, like blue collared head down, just take care of business. That old school type gym. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but that's going to signify the beginning of what this gym through envision could potentially be someday and this is all just i mean it's the opportunity for documentation for content for youtube channels for i mean this is something that i picture my you know like i picture ourselves 10 12 years from now let's say we're like hey let's go back to that vlog in 2020 and it, it's just a matter of like i mean we're laughing at what 22 year old mike Eversaw was doing in his freaking girlfriend's basement like true legit and, you know like you're dealing with old equipment that's been used that none of it's brand new. The only thing that's new are the, are the mats to protect the cement floor. Right. But then you almost can free freeze frame this in 10 to 12 years from now, let's say, you know, when things are potentially the way you want them to be and like, nothing's going to change, you know, you've kind of reached where you wanted to, wanted it to go. And the, really the only thing you'll change is obviously updating equipment or well, paint or, you know, basic stuff. But as far as like location or a building or, a, you know, a place of space, you know, once you get to that point, I mean, it's going to be so easy to look back and laugh. I mean, two years ago, like I laugh at two years ago, like when I first started, like, did I really say that? My website really looked like that. The, the like that picture. I, I thought that was 2020. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> right. But. That's, you know, that was another reason why I wanted to name the collection, you know, the signature collection, because it's another thing that it signifies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, again, it's not designed to be corny or cliche. It's literally, if anything, it's foreshadowing. Yeah, I got you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. We're all happy that things are going well for us. Well, I'm happy things are going well for you guys, too. I mean, <laughs> we started we started off in a. First time we met, I th I'm pretty sure the, the chair that I was sitting on, I, I was convinced one of the legs was going. Yeah, I was going to say it probably was. If that, floor, <laughs> if that floor wasn't carpet, it was going. It was going down. We had, we had uh, more uh, foam from Jake's dad's basement. We nailed it. We nailed it and Velcroed it to the wall. Which you can. In that apartment to soundproof it and then hung up curtains. Holy crap. Yeah, dude. And then... And then we didn't even have the apartment for like three months. We were recording in my parents' basement. Mm -hmm. Straight up, kitchen table style. Downstairs. I like to do that. Yeah. My dad still uh, thinks it's hilarious. He was like, because the one time you showed up and you had like your, uh, uh, I think it was like the Envision. Oh, the string tank Yeah, the thing. string tank <laughs> thing. <laughs> and, I mean, and it looked small on yeah. RJ. It looked, it looked small on RJ. My dad was like, why does he have to do that? <laughs> he was so, yeah, he that was, was so confused. That was like prime. That was prime bully mammoth shit. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> he brings that up all the time. I'm just, I don't know. Look at he's like, boy. he's like, uh, he's like, how does RJ survive in this fucker? <laughs> it's horrible. As little clothes as possible. That's how I survive. Oh man, good sheets here and all that. Yeah. Do you have Do you have anything you want us to try to talk about? I know we've been. Honestly, man, I, I think I'm good on my end. I think you got a Christmas gift right there. You got a Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Alexa, turn the lights to relax. 
Phillips. Like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Shout out to Phillips Hue. You hear this? I, I want sponsored. What's the opening? Is there a present? <laughs> you wish, bruh. What's in the box? <laughs> Don't open it. Ah. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> I was just joking about this the other day. No way. Is this the one from Hartville Hardware? Hilarious! I've been wanting to put this up in the <laughs> I was messing with you guys, like, cause you you know how I'm like the least aesthetically like designed and oriented human in the face of man. I'm pretty sure. Like, I even have a tree coming out this year. I don't know what's going on. Well, I always I always <laughs> tell people You're that until I met <laughs> <laughs> until I met Jacob Popio, I didn't realize that your your uh, watch band. Yeah, I was wearing a black watch, a black watch band with a brown belt, and people were up and having smoke. Like, what is wrong said, with you? Blasphemous. <laughs> Those of you that are listening right now, I'm trying to prevent the tree from putting out the beat on you. So you can just watch the video. Mike was trying to, <laughs> speaking of that, Mike was trying to collapse the shades on some of these lights. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know what, guys? I'm just going to watch the video. He's going to tell and, you And he's, was, he's not on We're the, outsourcing. He's right. not on the microphone right now. He's going he's gonna to tell you how I was trying to. Like, oh, hold on. There's another the umbrella mm-hmm. side of those, like, lights down. I come walking out. <laughs> I come walking out of my oh, house when he picks me ornament. up. What's this? <laughs> it's a big little ornament. Yeah, one ornament oh, thing on it. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. I, I come walk I come walking out of the house with those lights. They're all like, you know, bundled and put down, but I got the I got the top part of them and I'm carrying them and I'm like, oh, I didn't know how to get these down. Uh, <laughs> They're coming whole. You you want to figure this out? <laughs> oh, also, if we're gonna pretend that we're the like the Joe Rogan podcast, can you make Sam Zane? <laughs> I'm getting the GSP right now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get Mike Tyson. What's okay? All right, so we're gonna have a little bit of fun. We don't know. We don't like. I'm so tired of ending episodes like free. Like, yeah, like I, I, if you listen to the first episode that I ever recorded for this, it's been a while. It is funeral dirty. Like I open it up and I'm like. Yeah, serious the entire time. It's supposed to be like super lit, right? Now nobody can give a crap about how dirty it is. You have your Christmas tree. There you go. Um, all right. So opinions on the uh, um, Mike Tyson fight, right? And actually, I'm less concerned about the Mike Tyson fight um, because I do think that that was awesome. And obviously, Mike definitely. This draw BS. When you have two boxers standing next to him, right, and one of them is like, "This was awesome. We should do this again sometime." And the 
other one is literally like holding their rib cage, like, please, for the love of God, get me off of camera. Give me plasma. I think that I think that we understand that there is a relevant opinion there, but it was just for ratings. Oh yeah, it, it's an pay per view pay per view money. But first off, Jake Paul knocked out Nate Robinson, yeah. right? And now, did you guys see what the the next uh, Paul yeah. brother is doing? Oh, Mayweather. Logan Paul and Mayweather. All right, Honestly, thoughts on that? The funniest thing that I've seen from the Jake Paul thing is he's been on a whole bunch of interviews, and he gets asked in almost every single time. You're like. Is it racist that you knocked him out? Really? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> like, legitimately, the, I, I, I would pull it up on my phone, but I don't know what news station it was, but it was two ladies. Maybe, they were, maybe there was something that they happened were, that, no, that said, we probably don't even know about. No, it, she legitimately reads. She goes, is it or is it not racist that you knocked out a black man? In, a in, the middle, in the middle, he goes, what does this have to do with sports? Never never in my life would I def- have I defended Jake Paul, the kid who said that coronavirus isn't real, was throwing massive parties and stuff at his house. But I felt so bad for him in these interviews that I've seen. He's like, everybody asked me this. And he's just like, it was a boxing match. He goes, right. does, what does color have to do with we both had gloves on and we're both going to punch each other in the face? Right. It was hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, I don't. He just looks like a deer in headlights. Yeah, I don't know. I've never. I mean, I've like I've watched boxing matches and whatnot. I've watched like UFC fights, but I don't know. For me, I'm not a big fan of the whole. Hey, because this guy's been a big YouTube star, like let's label his fights as professional fights. Meanwhile, you got somebody from Philly who is probably. I mean, do they market him as professional? No, they. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, he he has a pro card and he's got two pro fights. Logan, really? Oh yeah. Now, I mean, in total honesty, I think those two dudes are like the biggest bugaboos of the YouTube game. Very odd. Very odd. I think I don't know. I think my like I said, my thing on that is just I've know, seen they kind of got it handed to them a little bit. I'm not yeah. saying they haven't worked hard or they haven't trained, but like they literally just called somebody and said, "Hey, I, I want a pro fight," and they're like, "Oh, sweet." Uh, yeah, let's give it to him. But that's the thing is boxing since the UFC and all that stuff is rose to prominence. Boxing has just fallen off. Yeah. Too many weight classes, too many organizations who say, oh, I'm world champion. Another guy from an or- or another organization, I'm world champion. And then you have another guy from the, I am the captain now. The, <laughs> the I, B, F, B, D, B, L, B, C, B, squared B division. I'm also world champion. Who are these people? Yeah. I go, you, you look at, the, when you look at the UFC, it's like, it is the UFC. There's some smaller ones, but it's, these are the best fighters in the world. But then you go into look at boxing, it's like, there's handfuls of other divisions, guys with multiple belts in multiple weight classes and multiple organizations. And you're like, you can't really make heads or, tail, heads or tails of it. And MMA is boxing, but with, bike with you know little card in the back end that makes it sound like a motorcycle and a, a, a train horn and you know lights on the front and everything else it's so much more yeah. and, and technical and you see stuff in there that you don't use the submission where the guy sits <coughs> his jock strap over his head and chokes him out with it there's just stuff in there that you're, <laughs> you're, you're never going to see in boxing 
And you repeatedly see the same stuff in boxing, and I think now it's more or less, I feel like a lot of people know that boxing is just going to kind of fall by the wayside in the next maybe 20, 30, 40 years or whatever. And at this point, make, make the money that you can in boxing with big names, exhibition fights, old celebrities, old pro boxers, do whatever you can at this point before it completely becomes this. a thing of but the past. Like literally yeah, this. yeah, a thing of the past. I think, I mean, anything, like, some of the exhibition matches might bring a little bit of awareness to them and maybe, you know, spark some consolidation of the organizations or whatever else, if they're going this way. Because, um, I mean, I've, I've, I've fought, um, I, I love the sport. You know what I mean? I, I definitely agree. It's just it's tragedy to watch it at this point. But it's, but I think <coughs> my, my point is, is that you now have a prominent sport where there's so many different types of combat Why would I, like, I'm trying to think how I can, why would I go to a restaurant who has some of the best dishes, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and everything, but then only go there every day just for breakfast and never go back there for anything else? Like, you're missing out on so much more that makes up the entirety of the restaurant for a combat sport in general. And what you want, like, the golden corral. Well, I, I, want, I want real athletes who are, you know, able to, showcase years and years of work in jiu-jitsu and boxing and judo and wrestling to be able to show all those rather than just a guy who you know might be good at all that stuff but can't attack the legs can't choke someone out can only punch them on in the face with a heavily padded glove right you know yeah that, that i understand wholeheartedly why Boxing was what it was back in the day because that it was the one that was the one sport that you saw people beating the piss out of each other. What people want at the end of the day. Well, now not only can I see someone beat the piss out of each other, I can see them also kick the shit out of each other, and then if they're lucky enough, titty twister them into submission. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, lots changed. I mean, I think I think a lot of this started when McGregor came over to boxing and fought Mayweather. Yeah, and which I was a big fan of. I I bought that fight. <laughs> I I, I bought well. that fight. I did as well. <laughs> and I think it opened people's eyes to with the onshoot of all the MMA stuff that people realize the idea that boxing isn't the end all be all. Right. You can take an MMA person and drop them in a ring and let them box their hearts out. If they're skilled in boxing, they're gonna do well. Can't take a guy who's just good at punching a guy in the face and drop him in an MMA ring. Oh yeah, and expect him to do super well. You could have a guy who throws pillow-like punches against the best boxer in the world, but if he knows how to take him down, and the boxer has no, you know, ground wrestling or ground defense, it's done as soon as they get them the ground. MMA, like if you're from your back, but from a consumer perspective. Why would I watch boxing when I when it is apparent that that is not the ultimate combat sport? Right. I'd be like, I want to see where everything's being utilized. You know, I, I don't want to see one guy who's only good in an area where it's this is negated, this is negated there. You're not allowed to do this. You have to wear this. You have to stay in your feet. Let him have at it. RJ, RJ wants to teleport back to the Coliseum. 
I want old he school. Wants people, he, wants, he wants people. He wants people butt naked in an arena with a sword, ah, and that's it. Mayhem. That's it. Fighting a lion. Honestly, <laughs> have you watched any of the bare knuckle boxing? The bare knuckle no, MMA. Yes, there's a whole entire like league that, like, of bare like, knuckle. No, Here no, there's a there's a legitimate organization that is, is, is bare knuckle fighting. That is not. Oh, that yeah. cannot be you. Actually, go go. Speaking of Joe Rogan, go watch their um, their coverage on it where they talk to. I forget. They either talk to a fighter or a promoter for it. They said they are far less likely to be prone to injury. Because you if you put, punch someone too hard with ex- your bare hand, ex- it exactly. Breaks. He said <laughs> you watch a lot of people like Boz Rutan used to do. I don't even know who Boz Rutan is, but he fought in Strike Force and all that, and he didn't make you wear gloves. Open hand, like sissy slap, open hand, knock people out with his palm. He's like, I can hit him as hard as I want with my palm, but I get one bad shot in with there, and I break three of my fingers and yeah. get a boxer's break in my hand or my wrist. They go, I'm as I'm as good as done. He goes, they, they it's not that they're pulling punches in the in the bare knuckle arena, but they're they're just not hitting each other as hard, hard and there's a lot more grappling and groundwork there because nobody won wants to break their hand on another dude's face. Oh, so it's like bare knuckle MMA. It, it is bare knuckle MMA. Okay, yeah. I was like, I'm thinking bare knuckle by boxing. No, rules. just I'm no, like, no, no, dude, no, no, there no. is no way that's gonna end. I'm good. almost don't don't <laughs> quote me, but I'm almost 100 percent positive that it is MMA. Okay, no we get that up on the screen. <laughs> no, but wait, wait, as soon as we get those capabilities, we have to we have to be. Oh yeah, to but no, they were saying camera, like a camera pointing right to you. Yeah, they're just they're they, in it was. Who they were talking to, but they were like a psychologist or whatever. You put that little bit of padding, all of a sudden someone's swinging to break a two by four, not just a pepper sack. When you have when you have that consequence of you hurting yourself, all of a sudden your punches aren't coming off at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Not that one dude knocked you across the fucking bubble. <laughs> <laughs> just end your whole career, but <laughs> there is some precedent to what they were saying, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. No, I've uh, I've experienced with some minor um, like boxers knuckles and stuff like that. I did not see any of them breaking their gloves or anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know, just a man who uh, does deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> I think he my did. monster. <laughs> I think he. Did. What time is it? Ten. You want to last, say goodbye to everybody too. The last two weeks, he's been—he'll uh, just disappear in my apartment, and I'll go look in my room, and he's curled in a little croissant roll at the end of my bed. Like I've been waiting I for you. Oh, grab my croissant! Three hours. <laughs> Can you sleep, buddy? Yeah, he's good. Ah, he's good. All right, everybody. Well, I'd love to continue this conversation, but I, I think we need to break it down to a final. Yeah. So, uh, Mike, as always. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Stay safe, everybody. Wear your mask. Keep them over your nose. Wash your hands. Love your relatives from a safe distance. (laughs) Uh, All that good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good holidays. Uh, And uh, I know that uh, my Thanksgiving was a little bit interesting, uh, but I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And we're working on more content for you. Ah. RJ's going to have his own segment coming up here. Yeah. It's going to be 
It's going to be chock full of nothing. You know what really grinds my gears? We should just have RJ review movies. No, I just want, I honestly, I think of actually whatever. But actually, no, it would be pretty cool. No, 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 no. It would be random. No, this would be hit the random. If my section was you guys just brought stuff in for me to talk about. Like whatever, whatever the hell you guys want, and then we'll just let the conversation roll off of that. I'll bring something that I want to talk about, and then everybody else brings something and just let me have at it. I'm down. I'm down. That'd be funny. <laughs> then we'll talk about some weird shit. <laughs> <laughs> can, we add, can we add white claws into the gravy? Yeah, that's whatever you want to have. Okay. Cool said. White claws. Okay. All right, let's get it. All right, guys. So if you want to support us, right? If you made it all the way here, first off, you're amazing. Because like mm-hmm. 90% of people stop listening. So if you're hearing this, first off, I love you. <laughs> you're one of the loyal ones. You, you are a ride or die, and I love you for it. Um, we have a code in the Vision Clothing Department. Okay. What is that code? Apex. Apex. All caps. All caps, right? If you are still listening to this, go to EnvisionClothingCompany.com. Use the code APEX, all caps, to get 10% off all of your gear. Pick up some Apex gear. Nice, wrap it up. Pick up some Apex gear. Pick up some Envision gear. And until next time.